الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده المصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم افمن شرح الله صدره للاسلام فهو على نور من ربه فويل للقاسيه قلوبهم من ذكر الله اولئك في ضلال مبين صدق الله العظيم most respected students of deen mothers and sisters last week we had discussed briefly about programming on self for the holidays the holidays are almost with us and as mentioned last week that this sometimes brings about of excitement people get very very happy get very excited that now we are heading towards the holidays so in one sense this does give a different uh, a space for people to now have some time to themselves so to say and out of the normal routine of things and because it's some way free in the sense that a person now is not going to be for that period of time that the holiday is on having to wake up at a specific time to leave for madrasa and going through the issues of traveling etc and then the specific timetable and tartib and schedule that happens in madrasa and then returning and then homework so it's obviously there's a full program and now in the holiday it's free so it keeps us a kind of some relaxation so naturally people feel happy about that that they're going to be able to relax so on the one hand that's not a problem in itself to have some time as we call it to relax but there are many challenges that come up with it on the one side is that excitement but this doesn't come without its challenges and therefore the very important thing is to understand the challenges and to know how to deal with them if a person is going on some journey and somebody advises him that look this road that you are going to be now traveling on in a certain place there are some very deep potholes so you must make sure before you reach that point you slow your speed down and then when you get right there make sure you drive on the extreme left of the road for example and go very carefully past and don't go at a speed because you might not even realize before you know it you'll already hit the pothole and many people they cars somersaulted in that by the time they realize what happened they already hit the pothole and they capsized the vehicle and somebody had a flat tire and somebody something and somebody something so now the person is advising all this so a person who has now taken that advice the person who understands that look this is not a small thing it's a major thing there's a big pothole there there's a lot of other issues there and then he travels in that manner so inshallah he'll get past those potholes he'll reach his destination also 
But the person who decides, but now why should I bother about taking all this advice and this person now maybe is jealous over me. I am going on a holiday and this person is perhaps jealous over me. He doesn't, he doesn't have anything to go to. So he's telling me all these stories. Now the person goes at a speed and then the next thing that vehicle has capsized and what not happens. And after that capsize, that vehicle capsizes, people sometimes end up in ICUs. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. So there's no playing matter. It's a very serious matter. The thing is that that vehicle that a person travels in, that car, whatever, Allah forbid Allah Ta'ala protect us, Allah Ta'ala give us afiyat. If that capsizes, the worst, that as we call it, the worst that can happen is that a person will pass away. In terms of dunya, that's the worst that can happen. The worst, we rather use the word the most. The most that can happen is that person will pass away. So while we ask Allah Ta'ala for afiyat and safety from all such calamities and tragedies and hardships, but that itself is going to happen sooner or later. If a person did not meet in a car accident, the person did not get sick in a virus, for example, the person did not have any other disease or illness that was a major illness, somebody did not have any issue with cancer or whatever, if it has anything, does that mean that that person won't pass away? That person didn't have any other physical challenge, does it mean that person won't pass away? That person will pass away also. Everyone is going to leave this world. So that's the most that will eventually happen. If that car capsizes, that's the most that can happen. You always keep asking Allah Ta'ala nevertheless for afiyat from all these things. But life is going to go sooner or later. But now if the person, because of not taking the precautions that are necessary in traveling the path of life, one is the road to a destination, physical destination somewhere. person wants to go to Johannesburg, go to Cape Town, wherever. And this is the path of life, the road of life, where we want to reach the destination of Jannat. Want to reach the destination of Jannat without any detouring, without any issue, without any difficulty. We want to get straight to Jannat. We don't want to have any azab of the Qabr. We don't want to be facing the torments of the day of Qiyamah. And Allah forbid, Allah forbid, we don't want to even see Jahannam for one moment. Don't want to get anywhere close to it. So for that, we have to become very alert to the major potholes and whatever else. In this dunya, there's potholes, but shaitan lays on the path of akhirat. Shaitan lays potholes of a different kind. That whole car can sink into it. Now, at the most, in the dunya potholes, a person can lose his life. Allah forbid, in the potholes of this path that shaitan lays those potholes, Allah forbid that a person can lose his iman. And if he loses his iman, then everything is gone. Then what's the use of anything? Everything is gone. So it's possible to sacrifice and any wise person any straight thinking person, see a little bit of fun and excitement, if this is going to cause damage to my iman, how can I then take that chance? person is driving his car, somebody says, look, we're going to be just racing here and so on, very exciting, 
but in the process your car is going to get bumped here and there, it's going to get damaged a little bit, maybe some fenders will fly out and maybe the roof will get dented and something. So he says, no, it doesn't matter, it's okay, this car is only worth one million, it gets bashed out here and there and so on. Who thinks like that? If somebody does say, okay, it doesn't matter, one million that car, but it's fine, if it gets bumped around and so on, so he'll play around like that. Anybody and everybody will say, this person needs to get his head checked up. That he doesn't have any problem with that car, it's worth so much. But that one million car is not even worth dust. Forget a lot of dust, not even a speck of dust. In comparison to the wealth of Iman, not a speck of dust. Forget a whole desert of dust. Not even one speck of dust. So now we're not prepared to damage that car. So are we prepared to damage our Iman? Are we prepared to cause harm to our Iman? Now that is the crucial thing. Now this holiday time comes with a lot of challenges, and a lot of temptation, and a lot of issues. But this is the big crucial question. That am I wanting to take a chance with my Iman, a chance with my Deen, a chance with how I'm going to face Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam on the day of Qiyamah, what I chose. I abandoned his Mubarak way for the way of his enemies or I held fast onto his Mubarak way. Now these are the questions that we have to grapple with. And the holiday now that comes, comes with a lot of challenges. But the person who's understood the value of Iman, the value of Akhlaq, the value of Haya, the value of all the things related to Iman, that I can't afford to miss any of my Salah, I can't afford to neglect my Ma'amulat, my Tasbihat, Tilawat, Zikr, Dua, because if I neglect those Ma'amulat, then it's going to create a spiritual weakness, it's going to create a vacuum, a void, every now and again. There's some correspondence, there's some uh, discussion, somebody's asking a question, and a common issue, common issue, first the person will say something, I missed out my mamulat, I missed out my zikr for a couple of days, I missed out my tilawat, I wasn't, that's not first point, or somewhere in the beginning. And then as going down, the person is saying, I also got caught up in watching YouTube and all kinds of things and got caught up on some movies and got caught up on some social media. Now, very often this is the way in which that will come. Step one will be, or right towards the beginning will be something about I had been missing my mamulat and missing my tilawat and missing everything. And then step further down, I got caught up in these things. It's not that it just got caught up. The neglect of the mamulat, the neglect of the tilawat and zikr, dua, tasbihat and whatever other righteousness was there. When that got neglected, it created a void. It created a vacuum. And there's no such thing like a vacuum. It gets filled up with something. So now the negative things filled it up. Now the person is watching all these things and now from one step to the another, now it's a, it's a decline now. As soon as that started, things started declining. And when things start declining, now it's harder to get back up. Because a person had already climbed, mashallah, over time, climbed gradually, got to the top, to some level, to some height, with the amal, with the mujahada, with all the various things that were being done. So now throughout the year, Madrasa was on, making an effort, getting moving forward. But now when the decline started, you're going backwards. 
coming down. And downhill it's easy to fall down fast. And not so easy to climb up fast. Climbing up requires a lot of effort. And to fall, sometimes a person just goes in free fall. And Allah forbid, you fall off an edge of a cliff, of some balcony, fall off some roof garden. person is standing on the wall of a roof garden now, half wall. Now that roof garden is a 10-story building now. When you're going to fall from there, what's going to happen? Fall off a cliff, what's going to happen? So now sometimes the things, the media and the social media and all the other devices and whatever else goes on, all these things take us right to the edge. Because now a person started off and then he carried on and carried on and carried on. Because one, a sin begets a sin. A righteous action, it invites another righteous action. One good, invites another good. And a person goes into one wrong, that then drags one towards another wrong. This is the statements of the pious predecessors, the Aslaf. I can't recall the name who has mentioned this, but this is the statements of some very great personalities. That one sin, this is among the Sahaba or Tabi'een, one of the very great Sahaba or Tabi'een who made this statement. That a sin begets another sin. And a good action will invite another good action. Now a person started getting involved in something, that will take it to something more. And that will take it to something even more. Unless the person has then found somebody to now, like that tow in, that tow truck, which comes and pulls that vehicle out of that mud it is stuck in and sinking in. Otherwise it becomes very difficult. So, what is very important is from now to make our minds up very clearly that we are going to give greatest priority to our Iman, greatest priority to our Akhlaq, greatest priority to our Ibadat and in general to our Deen. That is the greatest priority. All this fun and excitement is all just a deception. The real happiness is only what Allah Ta'ala grants. The rest of it is a deception. And which Allah Ta'ala grants through His obedience. That is where the hearts gain that contentment and serenity and that peace. Otherwise it's all sweet poison. Any sin is simply sweet poison. On the tongue it tastes sweet. As soon as it hits the throat, it's already burning. And it's gone into the stomach, it's already creating havoc. And next thing the person is writhing in pain. But on the tongue it tasted very sweet. Now that's all the issue of sin. That few minutes, that little while, sounds very nice, very exciting, very sweet, but it's poison inside. And when that poison is going to start seeping into the heart, through the ears because of what a person is listening to, through the eyes of because of what a person is watching and through company of the kind of company a person is associating with now the poison is going to start seeping into the heart it just capsizes capsizes everything Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us so this is all just a deception of excitement the real happiness is that happiness that comes from amal from obedience to Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala so we need to start reflecting on this very carefully. We spoke about last week programming ourselves for khidmat. Now just digressing a little, 
we are all looking for that happiness, we are looking for some kind of uh, enjoyment and so on. So the halal ni'mat that Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with, anything that's within the limits of shariat, nobody has forbidden us of that. But well within the limits of shariat, not close to the borders of layani and because that's going to be a very dangerous thing. A person doesn't know when he'll flip in. And the example that we discussed previously, the phone. Many people are just skirting the boundaries with it. And now suddenly then they come up with a story that, no, well, this thing just flashed on the screen and this happened. And the next thing, I don't know where I was gone and what I ended up doing and how I fell and how terribly I'm now damaged. And now it's like almost impossible for me to now make my salah also, let alone anything else. And now one thing led to another and I'm caught up in so many vices. But now why? Because we decided to walk along the border. He's walking on the border of halal and haram in doubtful things. Next thing he flipped into haram itself. So, now the point which we're making is that this, we spoke about programming ourselves, for example, for khidmat. That this is an opportunity. Now linking that up to what we are currently discussing, this happiness. One very important aspect Generally, people when they are looking for happiness, they are focusing on themselves. Generally, a person is looking for some entertainment, looking to go somewhere, to do something, to get some things, some material things, whatever. They are generally looking for happiness, then they are focusing towards themselves. How can I get this? How can I do that? How can I go there? All I, now the focus is towards one personal self. But the prescription for happiness that we learn from the Quran and Sunnah, there's many, many aspects, but among them, one particular thing. This is from the spirit of what Deen gives us. The spirit of what Deen gives us, one aspect that we learn from here, which is a prescription for gaining happiness. Happiness there's no insan in dunya who doesn't have challenges, who doesn't have sometimes some worry of something, some pain somewhere, some grief somewhere. This happens to every insan. Sometimes there's a situation where it brings somebody to cry. It makes somebody sometimes be very concerned. These ups and downs carry on in anyone and every person's life. But those who... Now, life is dunya, is dunya, dunya is a test. So therefore these conditions come up. But those who are connected to Allah Ta'ala, despite all this, they still in all that occasional pain and grief and whatever, sadness sometimes, and, but they are overall very content, very happy. Now that happiness, it's not that happiness we look saying, looking for happiness means 24-7 a person is going to be just on a high and laughing and giggling the whole time and dunya doesn't carry on like that. Dunya is a place of responsibility. There's responsibilities, there's work to be done, there's responsibilities to be taken care of, there's uh, a very serious matter of life and keeping focus of one's destination of Akhirat, which could be before tomorrow, it could be before tonight, that a person is already now taken the next step, past dunya into Qabr. How many times it happens, a person is walking, talking, laughing, joking, person was playing 
he was actively involved in some sport, whatever. And he probably was even now planning the next game. But that same evening he was buried in his cover. How many times it has happened? The person was talking, busy talking. Next year what he's planning for. And then somebody was talking even beyond that too. And they just spoke that, discussed it in detail. What they're planning, how they're going to extend this and do that and go here and whatever else. That night the person already gone. Was planning where to go next year. Was already gone. Forget this year, gone now. Already in the cover before the end of the day. So we have no idea when our time is up. We also have to prepare. Now this is not just a by the way thing. This is a very, very serious matter. But in the midst of all the seriousness, Allah Ta'ala has still allowed us to have that peace, that contentment, that the heart and mind must be focused. But in the midst of all that, Allah Ta'ala blesses with that afiyah, blesses with that peace, with that happiness. But now this happiness comes, it comes the real happiness, which is in the depth of the heart, not that artificial happiness. You see many people, they're laughing and joking. Go beyond that. We will not be able to see it. But if somebody opens out their own reality, and many have done this, the person comes in smiling, and you couldn't think that there would be a... You would in fact think that there's nobody as happy as this person in the world. And 15-20 minutes later, when the person has started now talking his stories and bringing about, about what is going on in his life, then he's sobbing like a baby, and you know what, I don't think there's anybody that is worse off than me. Now when he was looked at, it seemed there's nobody as well of as good as him, meaning as happy as him. And when he's talking his own story, he himself is saying, I don't think anybody is worse off than me. I'm the, in the worst of position. So what the point is, that many a times, there's a lot of artificial smiles, and artificial laughter, and whatever else. It's fine that if a person is uh, in some grief also, whatever, but in company, in good company obviously, a person should keep that company calm. So now if the person, wherever he's sitting, he's looking down, looking very down and out, and very grieved. He's going to make everybody uncomfortable. He must express his grief in front of Allah Ta'ala on the musalla. And cry his tears in the darkness of the night. And offload his pain in sajda. Then on a level of means, he'll do what he has to do. But in the presence of others, he, he keeps himself looking happy. That too is a means, uh, what we have been taught in the sunnah. But nevertheless, we're getting to a different point. And this happiness that we are looking for in doing this, going here, getting that, we need to look beyond this. Not that if some place is permissible to go to within the limits of shariat, or getting something that within the limits of Sharia, there's a problem with it. No, it's not a problem, but it should never become an obsession. It should never become a situation where if we didn't get it, that becomes a problem. Then it is a problem. Anything that is beyond the necessities, and a person didn't get it, and now that becomes a problem, then that level of focus towards that is a problem. Otherwise, it wouldn't have become a problem without it. But coming back to now, this point, that we are looking often for these kind of things, and as mentioned, that people looking for this happiness, they end up focusing towards themselves. 
let us try in this holiday to turn it around. Try to turn the focus about how to make others happy. And when you are going to be making others happy, obviously this making others happy, it doesn't need to be said, it goes without saying, that obviously within the limits of Shariat, Allah forbid, Allah forbid, people don't understand these things sometimes, and they go into what we might laugh about, and it is laughable in a way, but it is so tragic on the other end, that a person didn't think of something so obvious. When you talk about keeping people happy, there are somebody says, but now how am I going to break this relationship because it will break that person's heart? What relationship? Haram relationship. They're involved in an illicit relationship and say, no, it will break that person's heart. And it's not correct to break a Muslim's heart. Na'uzubillah, that Muslim's heart, if it's going to be broken because you want to stop haram, then let it break a million times. Break your heart a million times and let that person's heart break a million times, but stop the haram. The first relationship is to maintain your relationship with Allah Ta'ala. Now, we worried about breaking this person's heart, so we don't stop the haram, but we are severing our relationship with Allah Ta'ala in the process. So now coming back to what we were talking about, within the limits of Shariat, focusing now the other way, how we can make others happy. Make others happy, for example now, as we discussed last week, now there's an elderly grandparent, there's some aunt, there's some neighbor, obviously keeping the limits of Sharia very, very clearly in mind. If you're going to a neighbor's house, now the laws of hijab and parda have to be observed, and one should not just venture anywhere without some other adult with us. But nevertheless, coming back to this point, that changing the focus, now when a person is doing this, trying to make somebody else happy, meaning bringing some cheer to somebody's heart, now that elderly grandparent, that elderly person in the house, that elderly parent sometimes, whoever else, hardly anybody wants to spend any time with them, nobody wants to give them any real comfort. And maybe sometimes people might throw money at them, meaning luxuries, material luxuries. They, they don't want that. What are they going to do with that? Now you bring very, very luxurious food, that luxurious food, say, no, I'm diabetic, I can't even eat three quarters of these things. Or I got this other illness, this food doesn't agree with me. They don't need that. More than that, they need the food of love. They need the food of muhabbat, pure muhabbat, for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. Now somebody sat there with them. Now everybody else is saying, no, they're going for some very thing, exciting thing somewhere. They're sitting there, giving them company, cheering them up, talking to them nicely serving them with something that they would appreciate. Now you spend that half an hour, you spend 45 minutes cheering somebody every other day, every day if possible, one hour, more than that all the better. Now outwardly, you so to say seem to have deprived yourself of some excitement, of some happiness, that's what it will appear to. Shaitan will make it look like that. But in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Salaam has promised, Wallahu fi awni al-abd ma kaan al-abdu fi awni akhi. Allah Ta'ala assists that servant of His who assists His fellow humans, fellow Muslims. Now you are assisting this person for what? Now the kind of assistance you give is the kind of assistance you'll get. Here this person doesn't want your money. This person doesn't want anything else, any material thing from you. That person wants emotional comfort. 
Now you are providing that emotional comfort for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala alone, not for any other purpose. This is Allah Ta'ala's banda, Allah Ta'ala's servant. This is an elderly person. And making ikram of somebody elderly in the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah says, Inna min ijlalillahi ta'ala ikrama dishaybatil muslim. That it is part of the honor for Allah Ta'ala that a person respects an elderly Muslim. So now you're doing it with that intention. Now you spend that half an hour, that 45 minutes, that one hour, two hours, you spend more time, mashallah. You did it in order to bring emotional comfort to that person. Whether somebody does it just out of for whatever reason, but if there's sincerity in it, you yourself will testify that you are feeling happy after this exercise. You yourself will experience a satisfaction that any other things can't give it to you. All the material things. All the material things can't give that satisfaction, can't give that happiness that you will get out of helping others, out of making others happy. But it must be done for Allah Ta'ala's pleasure. It mustn't be done for any ulterior motive. Then I'll be able to extract some favor out of this person. She is sitting with all her money now, elderly person. What she's going to be able to do with her money? Now, I be good to her. She'll tell me, you rather take all this. So now the whole object became somebody's money. So then we wasted our time. We might have got money. Maybe we might get it. Maybe we might not even get that too. But we've wasted the opportunity. Only Allah Ta'ala must become pleased. And to make the person pleased for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. That will become a source of great happiness. Now this is just one example again. Now, that focus that we have towards ourselves, I must be happy, so I must do this, I must get that, I must go there, I must do this. Turn it around and try to make somebody else happy. Now this elderly person, mashallah, I can spend some time with her, or I can take her now to go visit some other family member, so now I'll do that. Or give her a call just to make her happy, or do something that will cheer her up. Likewise, this is just one example we are taking. So many things there are to turn the situation differently and start focusing on others, making others happy. And look at the way this will change things in your heart, how you will feel happy out of this. Allah Ta'ala will put it in the heart. And when we keep chasing that happiness for ourselves, now what happens, what's the disaster there? People become so focused upon themselves that let alone not think about others, they neglect their responsibility towards those they are responsible for. Parents sometimes neglect their own children. Children neglect their own parents. Some sibling might be really in need of some help, not necessarily financial help. That person needs somebody at their side, they're very sick, whatever the case is. Says, no, but I'm going on a, some uh, sightseeing, I'm going somewhere on some tour, whatever, I can't be here now. You know, you've got to worry about yourself now. And then we start making some kind of statements which are not in order at all. That each man for himself, and they say, Allah for all. No, no, no. Allah Ta'ala's Nabi Salaam has told us that we must care for one another. Allah is the controller. And Allah alone is the provider. But we have been taught we must care for one another. So all these ahadith about the rights of parents and the, the responsibilities towards elderly people, the respect of elderly people, 
helping the neighbor, helping the poor, the sick, etc. What is all this? If it was each man for himself and God for all, as they say, that statement is not a dini statement. That's got nothing to do with the Islamic values. Allah is for everybody. Allah alone is for everyone. But as our responsibilities are as human beings, we have been taught to look after one another. In our capacity, how much we can do. We won't be able to do much for anyone and everyone sometimes. We can't do anything for everybody, but we can do some things for somebody. That's something for maybe one person. But what we can do, we have to do. So now let's change the focus. And let's start planning. This is also part of the planning. How I'm going to try to do things to make others happy. And purely for Allah Ta'ala's pleasure, my Allah must become happy. I mean, Allah Ta'ala becomes happy, Allah Ta'ala will make you happy. Your heart is in His control. So when our hearts are in the control of Allah Ta'ala, let us make Him happy. Allah Ta'ala will make us happy. And dunya is dunya. Dunya is a very small place. Dunya has very limited things. Don't get fascinated by dunya. Jannat, this whole dunya and all its ni'mats, meaning all the material luxuries and comforts, when a person is going into some very, very fascinating building, a very fascinating building, and it looks like everything is of the best here, and all the comforts and the luxuries, and the, yeah, there's some rivers flowing there, and there's some streams and some waterfalls in there, and the gardens, and the, whatever the mind can run to, all that is there, outside that whole palace or whatever you want to call it, is acres and acres of this. Now there's one door you go to enter through and with the door now, because people are coming from the dusty road, there's one door mat there, one small door mat. So now they're all wiping their shoes on the door mat to enter this big palace. Now that's just an example. This whole world in front of Jannat is not even the door mat on which people now are wiping their shoes to go inside this palace. But the doormat also here is worth something. A palace of that nature, the doormat will be still worth something. But the whole dunya with all its riches and all its wealth and all its glitter and glamour is not even worth a doormat in front of Jannat. Now, we cannot let that reality be forgotten and get caught up in the glitter and glamour of dunya in such a way that now like akhirat doesn't exist so now we want to try and just fulfill all our desires here then we lost out very greatly so this holiday shouldn't become a situation where we break our deen we're taking a break we're taking a break meaning just a break from the normal routine for a few days, for a few weeks from the normal routine to a different routine but that routine must be still the routine of deen. Our ibadat must be in place, our salah. There's more time now for tilawat, for some zikr, for dua. People can be planning for tahajjud, etc. Some nawafil during the day. Learning and teaching deen in some light way, no problem. And to start looking at these, these aspects. How we can start making ourselves happy. How? By earning the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. In which way? We start making others happy. Obviously within the limits of Shariat, Inshallah we'll see the satisfaction that comes out of this. Allah Ta'ala bless us all. Allah Ta'ala keep us with afiyat, keep us safe from every difficulty and calamity. Allah Ta'ala grant us every khair of dunya and akhirat and barakat. Wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu.
اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جز الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير وجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين فالحمد لله